Hey, good morning, New Hope. Hey, my name is Ryan. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor. And I just want to thank you, we already have, of just being here with us uh, this morning as we are spread out all over Dallas County. If you are in Adel, welcome. Uh, Minburn, Redbur uh, uh, Redfield, uh, Dallas uh, Center, uh, Van Meter, the, the Waukee, Polk City, and beyond. Uh, we're spread out all over. Wherever you're at this morning watching, welcome. So glad you're here. And even though we're spread out, we are united by a, a, a love for, a focus on, and a devotion to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're here at home and you're, you're watching and you're just in a place where with this new reality of the coronavirus, it's, it's got you uneasy. You feel fear, anxiety, and worry. These are difficult times and uncertain times for all of us. And some of you, you'll, you'll appreciate this if you're a certain age, but it reminds me personally a little bit of 9-11. You remember when that happened and, and there was, granted, the details were different and it was an event, but I remember feeling very, very vulnerable and, and very un, unsafe and unsettled and but I also remember this, that, that the next Sunday, as people came together and flocked into churches, I mean, church attendance, some places even doubled as people were coming because they were, they were nervous and scared and they were asking questions about God and God, where are you in these kinds of difficult situations? And here we are with this situation and we can't quite come together the same, can we? We can't be in the same room and we can't uh, give each other hugs and just support each other quite the same, except that we can online. And I'm so thankful for this platform. And so this morning, maybe more than anything else, I just want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that you are connected with us here this morning. It's not just about viewing something. It's really about participating in something. And so uh, it's already been mentioned, but I just want to really encourage you for the next few minutes together as we get some time in the book of, of John chapter 15, uh, that you would that you would write in. We have somebody there that'll write back to you, but maybe you have questions that'll come up or just thoughts or things you want to express. Write those in and bounce those off of a community of people that would love to interact with you. And also, as Pastor Jake already shared, we have a team of people standing by right now that are ready to pray for you. And so you can you can email in through the website or just the email I just provided, office at newhopeadel.org. And that will be sent out immediately. And here's what I promise. I promise we'll pray for you. I promise we will not spam you or stalk you. you just, we just want to walk with you through this season of life. And so you can send that in and, and people right now will be praying, praying for you and with you. So, hey, if you would, from home, either turn on or grab your Bibles. Turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15 is where we're going to be this morning. And we are going through a sermon series through the Gospel of John. We've been doing this for several weeks now. What we're looking at is two key questions. The first one is, who is Jesus? And the second is, what does he want from my life? Now, it's also, we have uh, complimenting it is the devotional guide. And so if you have yours, can I just encourage you, keep going. We're not done yet. And so finish strong with it. If you're watching this morning and you don't have one of these guides that, that complements the sermon series, you can go to the website right now and you can download that. And uh, it's, it's all there for you. And you can utilize that both on Sunday mornings and during the week. I also want to mention this morning that if you need the church bulletin, if you want to see what's going on in the life of the church or take notes, you can go to the church website again there and download that also. So what we're, what we're doing here in this section, we're in John chapter 15. And the setting is this. It's uh, the Last Supper has just happened. And, and, and Jesus is with his 11 disciples. Now he's lost Judas Iscariot who has left the group. 
And so Jesus with the 11, they leave the upper room and they begin to journey through the city of Jerusalem and they're heading to the Mount of Olives. Within hours, Jesus is going to be arrested and he's going to be moving through these mock trials and he's going to be moving toward crucifixion. The hour is at hand. The, the, the intensity of this moment is, is immense. But, but most people feel like scholars feel like that, that when the, the, the setting of this passage is that when they're leaving the upper room, walking through the city, going down the Kidron Valley and then back up to the Mount of Olives, at some point there, they came across a vineyard of some size where Jesus stops he pulls the disciples together and he says, guys, I want to use this moment and use this vineyard as an illustration for what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so he turns it into a teachable moment, which is what we're going to look at this morning. Now, Jesus's illustration has one big, important idea. And here's the next slide. And here's the important idea. It's this, that you were created to be fruitful. Did you catch that? You were created to be fruitful. And maybe you're wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, what that means is, is that you were created to, on the outside, demonstrate or show evidence of your inner faith. That you were created to show Jesus. You were created to be not the same person you've always been, but when you walk with Christ and he begins to work in you and change you, that you become a new person, that your character changes, you become like Jesus. And, and with kids ministry, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit all year. That's a perfect example. The fruit of the Spirit, the, that love and joy and peace and patience begins to change inside of you, and that becomes who you are. God's dream for your life is that you and I, through a relationship with Him, would be fruitful. You were created for this. Now let's pause here real quick, because America preaches a different kind of dream and a different kind of pursuit. See, the American pursuit is one marked by success and comfort. But then you read the Bible where it says the pursuit should be fruitfulness. Can you see the conflict there? And I think we live in that place all the time, that idea of am I going to pursue success and comfort, which is what the world is pursuing, or am I going to pursue what God's dream for my life is, and that is to be fruitful. They don't go in the same direction. And I want you to consider this idea. That even Jesus, if you look at his life and you measure it by our standards today, Jesus was neither successful nor was he comfortable. I mean, think about it. Jesus was, was homeless. Jesus was, was poor. He had a, a short ministry. I mean, for a while it arced really, really popular and then it just pretty much tanked at the end. And so you can look at his life and say, I don't know if that was very successful. How about comfort? Not at all. I mean, Jesus faced more opposition, more challenge, more uh, I mean, attempts on his life. It's incredible what he endured, a, a person familiar with suffering. It was neither successful nor comfortable. But you know what Jesus' life was? It was fruitful. In fact, I would argue that no life has ever been more fruitful than Jesus. And so it raises this question here for you and I, this lordship question. Am I going to pursue the American dream? Or am I going to pursue God's dream for my life? Isn't that the tension point so much of what it looks like to live as a Christian? What dream am I going to run after? Sometimes we try to do both and it doesn't work together. And so this morning, I think there's going to be a challenge for all of us. And this is practical stuff. This, is, this passage relates to every single one of our lives. Let me just get started here and show you how the, the verse... John chapter 15, verse 1, how the illustration gets started. We don't have the verses for you. Just follow along whatever you're looking at here. 
it says this, Jesus is talking, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So what he's doing, he's setting the stage here. He's saying, my father, God the father, he is like the gardener. And Jesus says, I am like the grapevine. And as we're going to see here in a moment, we, you and I, we are compared to the branches. Now, what he's going to do in this passage, he's going to highlight four different types of branches. You and I are one of these four branches, and the branches represent people. And so this morning, as we go through this passage, what I want you to ask yourself and look at is, which branch am I? And then second to that is, okay, in light of which branch I am, which branch is God calling me to, and what are some next steps that I can take to become more of who God's calling me to be, to be more fruitful? That's our pursuit this morning. That's what we're going to look at. So let's go ahead and get started. Here's the first branch. And if you have your fill in the blanks and all that, it's this idea. The first branch, the first person is the unhealthy believer. The unhealthy believer. John chapter 15, verse 2, just the first part. Jesus still talking. He says he, he's talking about the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. In other words, an unhealthy branch does not bear fruit. An unhealthy branch does not bear fruit. Now, this is a little bit of a difficult verse because here's what it can sound like. If you're a terrible Christian, then God's going to cut you off. If you're, a, if you're not a good Christian, that you're going to lose your salvation. Now, now here, what we need to do is interpret Scripture with Scripture. Because here's what we know clearly throughout Scripture is that you and I are not saved by works. We're saved by grace, sorry by a love of God and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. What Jesus accomplished on the cross, which we starting even next Sunday, you're going to move into the Easter season and celebrate, that what he accomplished on the cross is sufficient for all of our salvation. I mean, think about this way. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He didn't say, now it's your turn, right? Jesus accomplished it all on the cross. We are not saved by works, we're saved by grace. So what does this verse mean? Well, there's lots of different ideas. Let me share with you my view. My view is that word cut off, in the Greek it's the word irio. That word can also be translated, and oftentimes it is, as lift up. To lift up, that's what it means. And so what it's saying here, and let me use the analogy of a tomato cage. Soon all of us, not all, but many of us will start, start planting gardens and maybe if you have tomatoes, you're going to put a tomato cage in the ground. Why? Because as that little tomato plant begins to grow, to be healthy, it needs to grow up so it gets sunshine and all that it needs to be healthy. You don't want the tomato plant leaning over the fruit on the ground. It's not going to grow right. It's not going to be healthy. And so this Greek word of lifting up is like a tomato cage to get the plant up to give it the best chance to be healthy and to be fruitful. It's the same with God. See, as the good gardener, God also wants to help lift you up so that you have the best chance to be healthy and to be fruitful, to bear fruit. See, if you're a Christian and your life consistently does not bear fruit, if that's your story and where you're at, God is going to intervene in your life. And he's going to do that because he loves you. He's going to intervene in your life. He is not going to leave you alone. So, so how does he do that? Well, he does it in lots of different ways. He'll, he'll bring a friend. He'll bring a mentor. 
He'll, he'll bring a church family or a small group. He'll bring a challenge into your life. He will, he will draw you. He will woo you. He will discipline you. He will patiently work with you in order to help you become fruitful, to move from being unhealthy to, to healthy, to move from bearing no fruit to bearing fruit. This is what he wants to do in your life. This is, this is the kindness of God at work in your life and in my life. He never, ever gives up on you. So can I ask you a couple questions on this point? This is going to apply, I think, to all of us. Here's my first question for you. As you think about your life, are there some weeds that are growing in the garden of your life that have not been pulled up? You know what weeds do? Weeds choke out the plant, don't they? Weeds cause harm. And for some of us, it's this idea that you love God. And that's not in question. You love God, but you're so entangled in all these other things that it's keeping you from walking with Him. It's keeping you from being fruitful, from pursuing God's dream for your life. Maybe for you, it's an addiction. Maybe for you, it's a sin pattern or some habit that you have. And it's time to pull it. It's time to be done with it and to yank it out of your life because it's keeping you from being fruitful. Is that applied to you? Here's a second question for you. Have you planted your life in bad soil? You know, things to grow healthy need to be in good soil, don't they? But maybe for some of you, you've planted your life in some bad soil, meaning maybe some, some bad theology or ideas that you have about God. It's just simply not true, but you hang on to these ideas. Or maybe it's a bad relationship that you have or a bad commitment. Whatever it is, that thing in your life. And for some of you, you need to be replanted in some better soil. You, you, need, to, you need to find a new friend group. Maybe you need to find a new job setting. You need to find a new church or a new life situation. Whatever the case may be, you need to be replanted where you can grow and be healthy. Because the days of being unhealthy, I hope this morning you feel like if this is applying to you and you think, yeah, that's, this is the branch that I am, that needs to end. To say, God, I want to be healthy. You promised to lift me up and I just want to go along with that as you work that in my life. See, God is patient. He's loving. He's so gracious and so kind. He wants to help you and I in this area. So that's the first branch, and maybe that applies to you. Let's move on to the second branch. Next slide is this, and here it is. Maybe this is you. It's a believer in a season of pruning. Let's read together. John chapter 15, verse 2. Part of this is already read, but let's keep going. Jesus talking again. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. We already talked about that. While Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That word means to trim or to clean. He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now what Jesus just did here is he introduces a very critical idea. And the idea uh, is, is the word that you have there. If you have your Bible, circle it or just kind of pay attention to it. It's the word remain or maybe in your version it's abide. Those are two words used interchangeably. What that word means is to aggressively attach. That's what it means, to aggressively attach to something. And let me use an illustration in terms of relationship. It, it, my wife, Laura, who's at home watching here, we have a relationship where, where we need to remain or abide. Now, could you imagine a, a healthy marriage 
that was one where for Laura, in my case, it was like, well, I'll talk to her when I get to it. Well, I'll see her on Sunday for an hour and it's all good and maybe we'll get some time together. That relationship isn't going to go well, is it? See, a, a, a remaining or abiding has an element of intentionality, of being purposeful, of, of, of aggressively saying, this is important and I'm attaching to this person and I'm remaining or abiding with them. Now transfer that to your relationship with God. It's a similar idea. That God is calling you to aggressively attach to Him, to walk with Him, to love Him, to be in relationship with Him. And when we neglect that, what happens is, in your life and in mine, is we begin to spiritually shrivel, don't we? That's what happens to all of us. God is inviting us into relationship. He's inviting us to abide into the vine because as the branch, that's where all the life-giving nutrients comes from is the vine. And so he's calling us to this. Now check this out. Let's keep going. Verse four, Jesus continues. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Hear it over and over again, right? Jesus in verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what's Jesus saying? Here's what he's saying. He's saying that if your life bears some fruit, that God will intervene, and this is a kindness, to prune you so that you could be even more fruitful. That's what he wants to do in your life. What he wants to do in pruning is make room in your life for him. Did you catch that? He wants to make room in your life for him so that you can be even more fruitful. Now, but here's the thing. We love the idea of being fruitful, don't we? We hate the idea of pruning. Why? Well, because it's, it's hard, because it's, it's painful, isn't it? But you know what? It's also profitable. It really is. And, and that's why, you know, as we think about our life, sometimes when God does some pruning, pruning, I brought some shears from home, sometimes it looks like this. And it's just little areas of our lives, and he comes through, and he just wants to cut those off. And it's hurts, but, but it's, it's doable and bearable. But sometimes it looks like this, doesn't it? Sometimes it's this idea where you just feel like in your life, God is coming through and he is just lopping off parts of your life and it hurts deeply. And, and it's these questions like, God, where are you? And God, how could you allow this? And, and God, I thought you were good. And I, I look at my life and, and all I see is just hurt. But see, God's character is good. And he's the good gardener and pruning it draws a difference, doesn't it, between hurt and harm. He'd never harm you. I know it hurts. I know it's hard. But it's for our benefit. His glory and your good and my good. This pruning process is something that is good that he wants to do in your life and in mine. Now, there's some, there's some key ways this looks like. And maybe you're wondering, well, what, how do I know what pruning looks like? Well, you know, oftentimes it looks like this. Uh, maybe one, that God will... God will, will step in and there'll be the loss of a person in your life. A relationship that's over and it hurts and it's hard. But it raises the question, okay, Jesus, is my relationship with you enough? 
Or, or maybe it's not a person, maybe it's a position. It's a position in life that you're, you have and, and all of a sudden you, you lose that position because that position was important because it was your source of significance. It was your identity and now it's gone. And it raises the question, is Jesus enough in terms of your significance? I'm a child of God and that is sufficient for me. So maybe it's a person, maybe it's a position, or maybe it's, and maybe a lot of us are feeling this today, it's provision. It's, it's, it's that income. Or it's, it's the wealth that we had and it just, it's just gone. And it puts us in that position of saying, okay, God, is your provision sufficient in my life? See, all of these are important questions. All of these are, are places where we feel the pruning, where we, we go through it. And so I want to ask this morning, are you in a season of pruning? If, if you are, it's because God loves you. It's because God wants to make more room in your life for him. It's because God wants good for you. And my encouragement is to stay in the weeds and abide and trust him. And allow him to be the good physician and the good gardener working in your heart and working in the circumstances of your life to continue to transform you, to help you to become more like Jesus. That's the second branch. Let's talk about the third one. The third one, it's going to move a little faster. Here it is, next slide, is a believer growing healthy and more fruitful. Join me in verse 7 here. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Notice how we've, we've gone from, from no fruit to some fruit. Now we're talking about much fruit. This is, this is the believer that consistently as a follower of Christ is bearing fruit. You know, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, you will know them by their fruit. You will be able to evidence it by their fruit. So, so how, do, how does this work? Well, how, how do you get to this place? Well, again, you continue to abide. But here's the key for this person. If you say, this is me, this is the branch that I am, here's the key of this. It's that Jesus, as he continues to, to prune and to work and to draw you closer, that you're going to find for this person who's bearing much fruit, that you're actually doing less for God and doing more with him. Because the goal of it all is to draw you deeper into relationship. And that's what he's going to do for this branch and this person. Number four branch, last one. Uh, this is one we need to talk about because it's in the text. This is a difficult one, but it's the unbeliever. It's the unbeliever. If you would jump back with me now to verse six. Jesus says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a, a branch. And this means a dead branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are, are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. See, the key is, and it reminds us, the teachable idea here is that branches have no life apart from the vine, do they? That there is only one vine. There's only one vine that gives, that gives life to the branches. There is only one vine where we go to that is a source of life and hope and purpose, and that vine is Jesus. And it also reminds us that not every branch that looks like it's connected to the vine is connected to the vine. And so the gardener takes away the dead branch and it's thrown out. It's a challenging verse, but it, well, here's what it reminds us. It reminds us of this, that the most important decision in all of life 
has to do with Jesus. The most important decision is, is, is I'm with Jesus or am I not with Jesus? Am I a person that wants to be connected to the vine or do I want to do this on my own and try to figure out how to, how to sustain my own life? This is an important thing. Jesus is inviting you into relationship with him. Jesus longs for you to be connected to him, to remain or abide in him. This is what he wants. He, he, he longs for this. And so I would encourage this morning, if there's anybody who's watching, whether you're local or anywhere around the world and you have not yet connected to the vine, that you have not said yes to Jesus, that you do not have that saving relationship with him, that today, even through Facebook Live, would be that morning you'd say, I want that. And if that's something that you want, then we can help you walk through that this morning. It's simply just a matter of coming before him and saying, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I'm tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired of being a dead, disconnected branch. I want to be connected to the vine. I want to be in relationship with you. And so I invite you in to be my Savior and Lord. I surrender my life to you. And I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. That's what you can do this morning, even just right now, just from your own living room, as you just sit in front of a monitor watching this. You can make that decision. But here's the thing. If you make that decision, will you let us know? Will you just type something in to say, I've said yes to Christ, and we want to encourage you and give you resources to begin your journey, your walk with him. So we've looked at four branches. Which one are you? Which, which of the branches are you this morning? Jesus is not done. Let's go ahead and wrap up here this morning with a couple more verses. Verse uh, 9 is where we're at. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Notice that relationship. He said, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, this is amazing, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you. Why? Here it is. So that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Isn't that good? You know why Jesus ends this way? It's because one of the primary evidences of your faith and my faith is how you love other people. It's how you love your neighbor. It's how you love a stranger. It's even how you love an enemy. And Jesus says, look, I want you to love other people like I'm loving you. And then we would take and we would go out to a watching, hurting, lost, disconnected world right now, even a world today scared with the coronavirus and all that's going on, and we would step into that place with the love of Jesus. And that becomes evidence of an inward faith. That becomes a display of fruit, doesn't it? That's a beautiful thing. So what do we do with all this? Well, as we close this morning, I just want to kind of look, look back and, and just show you. In these past 17 verses, Jesus talked about bearing fruit eight times. And he talked about abiding 11 times. You think he's got something to say with those two words, right? But here's the key. The key is they are connected. The key is 
they are absolutely connected. And on your own strength, in your own way, uh, you know, you, you can be busy, and you can be busy for God, but what you and I can produce on our own simply is plastic fruit taped to fake trees. And the thing about plastic fruit, it looks good from a distance, doesn't it? But you get up close to it, and you can tell it's not the real deal. When you get up close to it, you can tell that it is fake. It is not the true, real, sweet, and lasting spiritual fruit that only Jesus can bring. And so I want to give a challenge this morning. We're going to go back a couple slides here, but here's the challenge this morning. That if your life goal is to be comfortable and to be successful, here's the thing. You're going to reject pruning. And you're probably going to even reject abiding because it's hard. It becomes that challenge of what are we going to do in our lives? What are we going to pursue in our lives. See, this message is not about doing more. It's about abiding. It's about being present with God. It's about spending time with God. And for some of you, you've been social distancing from God for a very long time. It's time to come out of quarantine. It's time to to reconnect with Him and to spend time with Him, to abide in Him and to enjoy Him, to be close to Him. So what can I do this week? Here's your action step this morning. And and what I want to encourage is whether it's today, tomorrow, and actually I want to encourage that it's every day this week that you and I, here it is, next slide, that we would spend time with God in in the Bible and in prayer. That you would spend time in God's word because that's the primary way that God speaks to you. And that you would would spend time talking to God. See, God doesn't need prayer. You and I do. That we would spend time talking to him that we would enjoy him in this way. And this is perfectly fitting because if you're in a place this morning and you're worried, good, take that to him. If you're in a place where you're anxiety filled or you're even just kind of questioning, God, how can you be good and allow something like this? Bring that to him, abide in him, spend time with him. Again, this isn't about doing more, it's about being in his presence more. And so you know what this is gonna mean for some of us? For some of us, this is what it's gonna mean that we need to put this down. That for some of us, in fact, um, the average American, I learned this week, spends four hours and 15 minutes a day on this. This is where we abide. And I know that because I looked it up on my phone. But regardless, this is where we abide. Some of us, we, we talk to Siri more than we talk to God, don't we? And I want to challenge us. It's time... It's time to unplug from some tech, and it's time to plug into the vine. It's time to spend time with him and enjoy him and abide with him. So I want to give you two tools as we close this morning, and the band's going to come back up here. Two tools. Here's the first one. I'm calling it the 3-3-3 prayer plan. This is just a way to start somewhere. And so can I ask you to do this? Starting today, would you pray three minutes a day for three people and it could be anybody. It could be somebody that you know is struggling, somebody that you know is hurting, somebody you know that maybe it's somebody that you know that you'd like to invite to online Easter service and, and now you can and, 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 and they're just on your heart and you want to pray for them. It doesn't matter why they're on your heart, but three minutes a day for three people and then three praises toward God. 
Because this last part's important because what it does, is it helps get our attention and focus off our circumstances and onto him. That we would come before God three minutes a day for three people and these three praises say, God, I just praise your character and who you are. I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're loving. I thank you that you're powerful, in control. Whatever the case may be, I just want to praise you for who you are. And as you do this, maybe in a couple of days, you're like, you know what? I can do four minutes and four people. Praise God. Keep going. Five minutes and five people and five praises. The idea is just start spending time with him. Here's the second tool I want to offer. And Pastor Jake mentioned it before, but this Tuesday evening, we're offering a class. It's called Having or How to Have a Quiet Time with the Lord. And if you're watching this morning, I don't care what country you're in, what community you're part of, but you're like, I'd like to know how to spend time with him. I'd like to know how to abide. I've never done it before. Or I just need some encouragement and some coaching. This is for you. And so you'll see an email address on there, uh, tom at newhopeadel.org. You simply email that address. You're onto the roster. First 100 people are in the Zoom class. And from 8 to 9 on Tuesday night, you can go in and you're going to be getting lots of tools and you can ask questions back and forth. Pastor Tom's incredible. He's going to be able to coach you through this and give you all the resources you need so that you can spend time with God, so that you can abide in Him. Take advantage of that resource. Sign up even right now. Just grab that email address and email that in, and you can sign up for that. So who is Jesus? Well, he's the vine. And what does he want for your life? He wants you to abide. He wants you to spend time with him. If you would, again, thank you for joining us this morning. We're not done yet, but can I just pray together? And can we just kind of digitally link arms from wherever you're watching this morning? And let's just ask God to help us grow, whatever branch we are, to take that next step to be even more fruitful. Would you join me and let's pray together and then we're going we're gonna to join and close and worship together. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this chance this morning to spend time in this text. And Lord, this is an, an introspective passage where we can, we can look at our own life and we can, we can wonder where we're at and, and maybe we're in a season where we're not bearing fruit or it's just been a long time since we've been abiding in Christ. I just pray for each one of us that we would have the courage and carve out with intentionality the moments of our day to spend time with you. And as we do this, Lord, would you do an incredible work in us? Would you encourage and bring your peace? Would you reassure us of your love? Would you, Father, uh, just transform who we are so that we can become more like Jesus? We're your people, we're your church scattered all over the place this morning. The Father, we're united in this purse, in, in this pursuit that we would know you and love you and walk with you. Father, we thank you for this time. And, and before we just close, Lord, just want to take a moment and just pray for healing for our country and protection for the world, really. We pray for healthcare workers. We pray for those that are on the front lines that are, that are standing in the gap and helping um, with, this, with this coronavirus and, and the spread of it. We pray for those that are battling it. We pray for healing for them. We pray for scientists and physicians to just do an incredible work. I pray that you give us wisdom to know how to relate and how to be in community or not in community as we quarantine ourselves and social distance and all of that. And I pray that you would show yourself as provider during this time. We thank you. We love you. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, before I step off, I just also want to just invite you and remind you, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be coming back online, Facebook Live, for our prayer and worship night. We're going to be continuing in the Gospel of John, jumping to John chapter 17, but it's going to be an incredible night of prayer, 
of praise, of looking at God's word. So please plan to join us. Put it on your calendar. Come together as a family. It's going to be a very special time. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless. That seems, uh, that seems much safer for Katie. <laughs> there are people commenting like, I think Katie's going to get hurt with that in the background. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, we're going to close service today with, with one last song. So if you want to stand and join us, if you want to sing sitting, um, either way is fine. But let's, let's close and worship together. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. And came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion 
declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Sin has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Awesome. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this morning. Um, encourage you to, to engage the devotional this morning if, if you have one of those devotional packets. Um, also, as Pastor Ryan said, they're available online. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us in worship. Um, and, and we hope also that you engage in some of those other ways, um, be it with Pastor Tom throughout the week or for Wednesday night uh, prayer and worship. Yeah, so we'll see you soon. Thanks again. Have a great week. Bye.